Guess what, yeah. guys? There's only one place you can get a true nice. Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through. That is true. And um, want to know what the best pizza in town is. Bojo is the only answer. <laughs> what? Um, someone just asked what everyone's middle names were. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> mine's, keep t- mine's Alec. J. I'm gonna wow. keep What's yours? J. J. <laughs> J. Y. That, no, that's it. J? That's my first name is A. My middle name is J. <laughs> that's true. why I don't put periods after. I believe it. That's it's beautiful. Um, it's true, though. We Our company Christmas party, we went to Bojo's, going yes. back on track. And I can't have cheese, unfortunately. I am allergic to it. And I had a great pizza. Everyone else enjoyed what looked to be delicious pizzas. The green chili one, I think, was a lot of people's favorites. Yeah, very good. And they're all so good. They're all I like the margarita pizza. The margarita was good. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not like in my wheelhouse. I was just like, oh, let's give it a whirl. We're living tonight. And it was really good. And they were able to fit our entire company, which has grown so much to see so many people in one room. Yeah, a couple of years ago, that would have been like eight of us. <laughs> <laughs> a conference table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options. Nothing is more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they're always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front range locations. They also offer this holiday season print pint, pint glass koozies that make a great stocking stuffer. Oh, well, still make a great gift in general. Check out their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them who sent you. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Put honey on your crust. It's a oh. life-changing event. Yeah. I don't really like honey in general, oh but I put honey on my crust, and it was really good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll glance past that terrible take at the beginning and get to the like good honey. take in the second I'm just, half. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't use it or put it on anything. But, like, there, That's I was like, I have, to put, position, yeah. I, I have to put honey on this crust, and yeah. it was really good. Yeah. yeah, the fiance was a fan. Yeah. She, she was good. She was, like, she was very skeptical about the whole process, and then she did it, and she was like, yeah. It's a all about it. Dessert. Yeah, it works. You oh, get a cool. pizza and then you get a dessert yes. across. Yes. <laughs> I love Bojo so much. Like legitimately, <laughs> like I know they're a sponsor or whatever. I've just been waiting till we could say talk about them publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I love our sponsors for the record. Yeah, all all of them. Wow, Every company single man over here. 
No favorites. They're all great. <laughs> Anyways. You can drink Breck Brew at Bojo's, and you should. That's <laughs> This is the Denver Sports Podcast presented by another sponsor we love, Breckenridge Brewery. I feel like we've been very fortunate to have so many sponsors that we actually like really enjoy everything about them. I, I'm not kidding. They're all amazing. <laughs> like, they're all true. great Colorado brands. That's and true. just so you know. And places we would go to anyway. Yeah. Just so you know, Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month. you got to download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. I've got Drew Creaseman here, AJ Hayfley, Harrison Wind, and Andre Simone is on the desk for the live viewers. Mm. You have a chance to see Andre's face mm. for the first time. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at wow. that heartbreaker over there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's taken everybody. That's Don't right. worry. That's He's right. taken. That's right. <laughs> my family no, would rather excited out would there. gladly do the reverse trade and not see my face <laughs> anymore. Oh. I kid. Uh, All right. Oh, I kid. Well, we've also got Kale on the board and on the live He's stream. He's waving at Kale's nobody. <laughs> I know. We He's need a specific camera. Waving just from to put off on camera him. at a podcast. That's. <laughs> We're all very happy. You can tell maybe not this side of the table, but over here we're all very happy. Victory Monday. We're having a good day. Yeah. Good day. Long over it's here. I guess, I guess you got a Sunday break from from the sadness of the Avs a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're like the season. right side <laughs> of the Broncos O-line. You know, <laughs> we got some real Austin Slotman, Jake oh, Rogers okay. vibes over here, you know. Well, like I was saying, it's Victory Monday. Wow. The yeah. Broncos Shots won and the Nuggets won. <laughs> uh, the Broncos didn't lose. Yeah, that's a more accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> Which they almost did. We can jump right into that. The end of that game. They tried. Just they tried management. What happened, Dre? You're our Broncos representative today. Yeah, happened. that was uh, tricky. Bowles, <laughs> Freeman. Should we start from the end and work our Don't way mind all those back? <laughs> Yeah, uh, probably. The, if anyone was going to out stupid the Broncos, it was the Raiders, I guess. But <laughs> so basically, um, quick, true. Quick, quick note: we got. Uh, oh no! Spencer Post said, "Speaking of favorites, Ellie, you're all you're all my favorites." Oh, oh! That's not Kale? true. I'm his favorite, yeah. and he and knows then it. Bruto said, "Kale for podcast president." <laughs> <laughs> wow. So okay. I mean, Kale, Kale's like the overlord right <laughs> now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he can all mute of one us. of our mics if he wants. It's he true. Can yep. Do whatever he wants. It'd be amazing that's if he true. just muted one of them because yeah. he was like, "I disagree with this take." Volume <laughs> yeah. down. Tony it's Reality really style. I nobody like has to. Nobody has to hear it. Oh. Oh. All right, really Dre. The reverse uh, decomposition. The Raiders are ready to go for one. Then they were like, "Oh, Tennessee won their game, so we're out of the playoffs. We're just going for two, and we're gonna end this right here." Um, the Raiders actually have a nice two-point conversion play set up. Hunter Renfro breaks open on Will Parks, but Shelby Harris, as he's done so many times, comes in, swats the ball out of the air. Broncos win. It was nice to see that excitement and end the Drew Locke five-game stint to end the season, winning four out of five. Pretty impressive. It is really impressive, and it just, of course, solidified that Drew Locke is the starting quarterback and I saw our Broncos guys today. That's the reason they're not here. They're at their season-ending press conferences. Um, they're like, wow, this is the first season covering the team that we're going into the season-ending press conference with not these this big news. It was um, Kubiak retiring. It was then Vance Joseph, then Vance Joseph being fired. Then who knew what starting quarterback was going to be there next year? Right. So there's finally what seems like stability yeah. and 
optimism for this fan base with what they know that they're going to get next year. Absolutely. And I think this is a really big off season where the Broncos are far from being the abs or nuggets type of exciting young team, but you take care of this large sum of cap they have and all these top picks they have available. This off season is key in taking that jump and becoming another exciting young team in Denver. And that'd be, that'd be huge for this town. That'd be huge for us. It's amazing what, finding your quarterback can do right it's oh, incredible yeah. i mean it's totally it's really all you need the perspective the perspective perspective wow and perception i think uh, you combine the two and you were right it's changed sense. everything about this nugget season no doubt right yeah 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 and now you enter the off season with a direction you don't need to draft mm-hmm. a quarterback in the first round which i think is more more so than anything just a relief to everybody you said it yeah <laughs> especially john elway yeah and uh yeah i mean it's changed everything yeah no all of a sudden john elway looks like a genius the rebuild seems uh, well set uh, up perfectly uh, yeah. hey all, all all the bases are in place to really you know sign some top guys take care of the draft and set things up for I the long term we said term. that last year that yeah. we signed yeah. Blackwell, right didn't we say that same thing? No. And they had a great Did we believe returning. it, though, Harrison? <laughs> I didn't. Did we believe <laughs> that? <laughs> Some people at this table did at the uh, time, though. No. <laughs> well, I remember from <laughs> last year, what was it was the fact that there were sources inside the building that our Broncos guys had talked to that they were very excited about the potential of Joe Flacco. 100%. Making it so that, like, well, maybe they're seeing something yeah. we outsiders weren't in that moment. But... Something nope. that that wasn't good, or I guess I just know undrafted running back Philip Lindsay undrafted. Mm. Like the fact that he was undrafted still kills me. But would this be a better story if he was a seventh round pick. No, I agree. It wouldn't be a better story. I'm just curious. Do you think it would be a better story? No, I mean I just I just no. think the NFL is full of dudes who are incompetent. <laughs> Andre, Andre and I Andre and I spent teams. six yeah. months talking about uh, that guy should be a fourth round pick. Yeah. Hundred percent. Crazy. Like, it was. It was. That was not difficult. Yeah. No. All you had to do was just watch him play and see the heart he had and, it and was just like, the ability oh. and everything. He became <laughs> Philip Lindsay became the first undrafted running back in history to have back to back a thousand yard seasons, and he almost lost it because he got it, and then he uh, got he got a few it runs. exactly, and then got a negative one. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and it was like, like oh, oh. oh man. Uh, thankfully he got it though. And there was a, just a lot of ups and downs yesterday, and then seeing Chris Harris Jr. kind of say goodbye to the fan base and everyone as if it were it, that that was his last game at Empower Field in a Broncos uniform. Great final game for Chris. He was targeted once, allowed one reception all day, just locked down that whole side of the field. What an easy day at work. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. One you'd, target? You'd like but to make that, that paycheck <laughs> on just one target? That seems like a nice... Uh, but he's Teflon Chris. Nobody ever uh, criticizes him. <laughs> Hey, he got his official plaque. You guys need to go check that out for making our top 50 list. That was cool. Um, Honestly, they should have lost that game. They were outplayed by most metrics, uh, but that red zone defense was resilient and just came through time and time again all the way till the very end on that um, two-point stop to win the game. Um, The offense struggled a bit. Vic Fangio needs to show he can figure out these uh, offenses in the division because, you know, Chiefs and Raiders definitely racked up some yards on that Vic Fangio defense this season. But Teflon Vic. Hey, there you go. I <laughs> love it. 
then again, it's easy to forget. You had guys like Yadam and Trey Marshall and Will Parks playing key roles, and half the offensive line is guys whose names we barely even knew a month ago, not to mention in the offseason. So, you know, it was a, it was a tough game with a depleted roster, and they still found a way to win. And what? end with the second best record in the division, which seems crazy. Yeah, seven and nine, which is their best record since 2016. Sad. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. That's sad. sad. Yeah. That's that's legit. But I, I just as long as the quarterback is singing, I just you know bring a little swag. Well, he was rapping too. Man, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Rapping, singing, whatever. Bring it. Like hat. Like Joe Flacco's not doing that. <laughs> Can he's you imagine? Just <laughs> on he's just having <laughs> fun. Imagine Joe Flacco trying to run. Oh, yeah, God. he's having fun. And like even with the Rockies, we saw that this season with yeah. the Cucarachas. Like when they started having fun again, they ended up started starting to win again after struggling for a while. I feel like getting back to the main point of the game and just having fun and and all of it's that. It's a real tough really balance cool to for all these guys. It's one of those things where, like, if you're having too much fun and you start to lose, people are going to get mad at you for not taking it seriously enough, and then there's all the pressure and there's all the money and all the yep. whatever that, that just comes with it. But, yeah, I think sometimes it's a chicken or the egg thing, but I, I've always thought it's super important that you've got to be able to have fun together as a team. I do think it destroyed the Rockies this last year more than – a lot of the other stuff people want to point to and say, you know, it was this move or that move or this guy on the roster. Like I was in that clubhouse every day and they were not having fun. Right. And the two seasons before, not just because they were winning, because they liked each other. Because guys yeah. like Gerardo Parra and Carlos Gonzalez would come in and keep everybody a little bit lightened, especially because in baseball, you're going to lose games. You're going to lose a lot of games. You're going to lose 60 games if you're really, really good. And so, you know, in, in the Broncos have been through, what, now a four-season stretch where they haven't had a whole lot to cheer about. But I, th I do think it helps to find that first. <laughs> Outgoined. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Andre, where are we at with Drew Locke? Where yeah. are you at with Drew Locke? Because in your opinion, is he this future top ten quarterback? Um, it, like, where do you see his – trajectory going because i think he passes the eye test but yes the, the day after the game on twitter i see more videos of him rapping young jeezy on the sideline than actually <laughs> of his throws from the game yeah i wonder when he's rapping put on for my city is he thinking about kansas city or is he thinking <laughs> about putting on for denver that's the the big come question. on denver. Uh, you <laughs> um, know the answer to no, that one. i think very encouraging aj we were talking uh, text couple weeks ago how mm. the first couple games he looked like Locke early on in his Missouri career yeah carefree slinging the ball around making plays these last couple games he's tapped into that game manager side um, where he's looked more like Locke in his senior year yeah. where he had to fix a few things and he's more taking what the defense gives him but that's also eliminated some of the flash plays and you want the best of both worlds that's the next phase um, I also think stuff like his third down conversion rates, his ability to limit sacks compared to every quarterback this offense has had since Peyton Manning are real outliers. And a five-game sample size is enough to feel like he, he had something going that other quarterbacks haven't in the past. And he's able to kind of overcome some of the limitations this offense has. 
So he still needs to develop, but I think we're encouraged that he's probably further along in his development than we thought coming in. Mm-hmm. I think if if you would have told talent evaluators, hey, that, that stuff under pressure, he's actually got that fixed up. He's going to be better than you think. Um, he's going to be more accurate than you think. He was flirting with 65% um, completion percentage, which is pretty darn good for a rookie. So he needs to iron some things out, but I think the greater point is going to be the rest of the offense really fixing some things. And, you know, Locke's going to have to keep making plays, but you'll need Phil Lindsay to start making more plays, breaking more tackles. Uh, Cortland Sutton, get back to dominating on contested uh, grabs and, you know, really using that size to box guys out, and he needs to make plays. The O-line needs to be more consistent and run block better and, once that group can start coming along and Fant can break tackles more regularly, he wasn't good yesterday, then Drew Locke with the rest of the offense, I think we can – I mean, there's no reason to not be encouraged. I think all signs are very positive. But So playoffs next year is what I hear. John Elway just John said Elway that said that's that it. <laughs> Thanks, John. Which I thought was definitely the right move. I mean, yeah. you don't want to say – no, that's like we don't want to talk about that or we don't want to think about that. Yeah. I think that's the right play for Yeah, if John you're asked Elway. the question, you have to answer yeah. that way, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's so. also been saying that for four years. He's yeah. right, right, right. now would be right. like, uh, hey, who what? knows? Something wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen sure. this debate go on Twitter a lot, Dre and um, AJ. Now, what do the Broncos do in the draft? I've seen people say, obvious, they need wide receivers uh, to help Drew Locke, uh, just the number two wide receiver or something like that. Or do they go for that obvious left tackle that they really need? But 15, uh, the tackle's not probably going to be there. Yeah. Okay. The the yep. good ones, will, the, the good ones will probably go before them, especially with the teams in front of them. So honestly, I mean, we should just start the Visca at 15 right yes. now. A hundred percent. I mean, on, on, I mean, like, you, you not even that. not even like being home no, or no. anything. Like, no, it's no. just an obvious. Like, he's a perfect fit for what they do. He's the kind of athlete they need. Uh, he fits in with some of the more creative things that we actually mm-hmm. saw them unleash at the end of the year. Uh, it's it's an easy fit. Well, watching the 49ers and what they've been so good at doing this year, this is a guy who would fit so well in that offense. And since Rich Scangarello is trying to right. replicate that in Denver, he'd be a perfect fit. You know, I think at the end of the day with five picks in the top three rounds, yeah. you need to come away with at least one wide receiver, at least one tackle. Ideally, you get two offensive linemen and two wide receivers. Mm. And just let's try to fix it with a really good class at both those positions and just get it rolling. And I would try to add a veteran free agent on the offensive line as well. I mean, because, you know... we. We've learned the hard way that throwing a rookie to the Wolves on this offensive line, eh, maybe not the best strategy. Those guys need to be developed. So I mean, maybe add a quality free agent. Reisner was fine. I think, I think Reisner was fine because he's a good player. I think Until if you he can, got injured. I think yeah. if you can play, you can play, man. Like it, uh, sure. And we're seeing that more and more in not just the NFL but all the leagues that – if you can play, they're just going to put you in, and you're going to you're going to figure it out. Sure, and I mean, all this the, protection of like, patience oh, you've got to groom this guy, and oh, he's sure. got to develop. Sure. And he's, you know, especially in the NFL, that's what college is for. That's why you're there for sure. f- at least three years. Sure. And when you get into later rounds, most of those guys have been there for four or five years. You know, you 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 they did the developing. Now it's time to get them in the NFL and get them into the roles in which they can succeed. And I just don't. I I wouldn't worry if if they took three offensive linemen with their first three picks, they'd be like, all right, it's ballsy, but it's fine. 
Yeah, you're going sure. all in on trying to fix your biggest problem for years now, and I would be fine with that too. I think if you're forced to go wide receiver in the first and like tackle in the second, maybe you want a backup plan for that tackle. Sure. Let's you should. Well, I mean, you should get Lavisca. You should definitely have. Like, Ollie already like, bought the jersey. Several <laughs> plans in place, but right. Well, and as we found out this year, you need depth. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I mean, we can get caught up in the idea oh, of one need... swing tackle for your entire offensive line. Should, is such an outdated concept these days. I mean, the roster spots are at a at a premium, so yeah, you really got to maximize. But what I mean, you it's got. <laughs> one guy to play both sides. Like if he and he's not oh, he's no, not I good mean, enough to unseat hey. either one of your guys. Like, but you're gonna just randomly trust him if there's an in, it's an, it's an insane concept to me. Yeah, I mean, but it's not college. You don't have 90 roster spots. I mean, I get know, it, but, but no, I hear you. It's you need you need actual depth, and I mean, their offensive line is still just not good. It'd be and a it, great off season. And then on the Broncos draft podcast, that, <laughs> their moron left tackle tried to cost them a game yesterday. Yeah. You should. Like, it's got to. You've got to be done with it. You can't continue to lie to yourself about that. You have to cut ties and move on. That's the scary thing. They might need what two starting tackles and someone in the middle. Other so than that, there are lots of needs to address. I mean, <laughs> right, and like, they and have like, their quarterback. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's true and though. The resources like, oh, to address I, I those needs. Yeah. yeah, they they have a quarterback, yeah. and immediately the guy gets back there. He makes a quick decision. He's not sitting around confused by yeah. looking at all the things happening in front of him. He knows what he wants to do with the ball. All of a sudden, the sacks start to go down, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, huh. That's real weird. Huh. How about that? They work in a completely yeah. immobile I mean, quarterback when you have a terrible offensive line no. is not necessarily yeah. a really good idea. One with no pulse. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, Luke Blowing Marshall who does great stuff on ads and behind the scenes on Broncos for our analytics department. I had him calculate on a per passing attempt basis how Locke's sack rate compares to other Broncos in the post-Manning era. And Luke's such an overachiever, he did in Broncos history. Sure. Um, and Locke is in the top three with Peyton Manning and Danny Cannell, who barely played three games, allowing getting sacked just over 3% of his dropbacks, yeah. which is insane. For a rookie starting his first five games who had like a handful of practices before then, that's insane. Behind a battle line. Yeah. A terrible. Get, get him some help. Yeah. Like I saw a grip of guys that may not even be in the league in a year. Yes. Comments from the Periscope. Uh, Rudo saying Visca. Henry saying Visca. Yeah. 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 Dapped up by LeBron. And sitting yeah. next to yeah. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yep. As one Is he does. a clutch client? Um, I, I think they don't do football, do they? I think they it was agents trying to get him. Um, then oh, we had D-Line Co. Saying the Broncos have already made, it, yeah. already made it clear that they don't scout CU players. Then Henry responded to him. And then we've got, hey, everyone, <laughs> hope you all had a great holidays. Want to ask who your favorite commenter group is. Dave Logan is a legend for the Broncos. Mark Johnson with uh, the Buffs is outstanding. Oh, oh I nice. love Mark uh. Johnson. Um, then we've got, I like Tyler B center out of Wisconsin and Robbie Anderson in free agency. Then go wide receiver a little later. Where does Justin Jefferson out of LSU draft wise go so far? I don't know who any of those people are. He, I mean, Jefferson just played his way into the mid first because yeah, he, I would, he could I would not be stopped late first, mid to late first. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Mays is big on the drafting the center out of Wisconsin. I, I think center you could wait. I really want a dressed offensive tackle. I think yeah. that's the premium position you got to take care of first. Well, you guys can always hear 
all the draft talk on the uh, DNVR Broncos draft podcast. So yep. be sure to go listen to that. Um, Let me wh- tell my Broncos story. Oh real yes, quick. tell your Broncos story. I was watching the end of the Broncos Raiders game last night with none other than Kings GM Vladi Divox, <laughs> <laughs> noted NorCal resident and uh, Oakland Raiders fan. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Quite the flex. Wow. The, uh, tunnel, wow. tunnel at Pep Center. He approved. Great of the, thirty for thirty. He approved <laughs> of the Raiders' decision to go for two. He was. He was all. He was behind. He was it. Behind it was it. an obvious decision, right? Like, I mean, again, team, like, let's just get out of here. This is first, they had. They were going like this. Then I swear they realized, like, oh, Tennessee won the game, so there's no chance of no us reason. making the playoffs. We're just going for two and yeah. Yeah. smarter than the Milwaukee Brewers. Remember Which I mean, hey, better for season? everyone's yeah. off season. Let's get healthy <laughs> and failed to lose move on, on to twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I was just in Vegas, and the, that Raider Stadium is something to behold in person. It is very large and very black. It looks <laughs> like the it's the vacuum, the vacuum that moves itself. Oh, Roomba. Roomba. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it if you look at it. Also, like part of like a Star Wars, uh, sh- like evil ship, dark side ship, yeah. but it looks like that too. It has major evil empire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it especially on like, especially like in the skyline of the Vegas Strip. It's like lots of colors and bright lights and all this. And then yeah. there's just like this dark black <laughs> building off in the distance. And you're like, John Williams' Wonder music who actually plays starts to play as you stare at <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it <laughs> was it was pretty <laughs> funny to like drive by and be like, "Yep." Is Vlade Vlade is a Raiders fan, not Niners? The, he was rooting pretty hard for the Raiders. And Interesting. A couple other Kings personnel was too. Wow. Rudo said yeah. it's a hockey puck. Okay. The stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. see that too. Oh. An evil hockey puck. Oh. That was was maybe the dumbest thing I've said out loud on this podcast. (laughs) Debatable. I I said maybe. All right. Well, I don't know. You argued for the Rockies winning the week a few times. I know. I know. I don't know about all that. They did once. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's move on to the Nuggets, who are twenty-three and nine on the year. Had a great weekend, yeah. beating the Memphis Grizzlies and then uh, beating the Sacramento Kings on a Sunday, like Harrison was saying. And we got to see MPJ in the st- like in his starting debut have a great game with 19 points. Yeah, I mean it was the MPJ game we've been waiting for. Yeah, right. And talking all season, like when is he gonna have his breakout game? This was it. I mean, 19 points in his first career start. Started five of five from the field. Got to his spots on offense. I mean, a lot of the offensive stuff we've been talking about all season with him, the tools he has, the ceiling he has, we saw that last night. And um, it was a pretty cool thing to watch. And it's crazy because MPJ, you know, he doesn't have a full grasp on the Nuggets playbook yet, offensively or defensively. (laughs) And he doesn't really know what he's doing out there, but he can still just score effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And he's does things that you can't teach. And um, it was a cool sliver of insight, just a sneak peek of what the Nuggets' future could be like with him on the wing. And uh, it's a very exciting future. Players were even excited. I mean, um, in your article, I saw that Will Barton made a comment about how he performed the way that they knew that he was going to, which is just exciting to see that type of talent being developed. It's just an exciting time for Denver. We've got Drew Locke developing, and we've got a chance to see Michael Porter Jr. start developing too. Yeah, thinking of our all-decade list, MPJ, Locke, McCarr, just some of the guys who weren't in our top 50 
who could contend for top ten spots in the yeah. next decade. I was thinking about that. So we've got we've got Locke, we've got um, MPJ, Kale McCarr. Who would Dahl. the Rockies <laughs> equivalent to that be? David Dahl? Like that's a rookie yeah. that's kind of showing signs of that yeah. leadership. And depending on how you feel about Brendan Rodgers, I still think mm-hmm. there's a possibility there. Ryan McMahon's. Yeah. My guy, I, I think I think Mac has a real chance to become that dude. In fact, on the Rockies pod, I have predicted already that I think he's going to be an All Star next year, or at least he's going to be in that like final group of guys you're allowed to vote into the game who just missed. Um, I've always thought Ryan McMahon had that kind of potential. So, you know, those guys are. I don't know that they're this the same level of, of kind of exciting and potentially game changing. The problem in baseball, you know, Drew Locke changes a franchise. Yeah. Kale McCarr can really shift a franchise mpj could shift a franchise like ryan mcmahon's not gonna shift the colorado rockies right. franchise you also gotta be a, a top tier elite elite player to shift a baseball franchise. right yeah. it's just herman marquez i, was I say, could is it see, more of a pitcher actually yeah. i now that i think about it marquez is the guy uh he's got three years of mlb experience and he's just turned 25 like a day or two ago i think like in this month and he's coming into his physical prime. He's already like eighth in franchise history in strikeouts in his age 24 season. Remember, I, I could see Herman Marquez uh, and the Rockies do have him locked up for a little while with a really team friendly deal. So he's going to be pitching here through his prime unless something weird happens. And he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I remember when the Rockies were going, uh, making that run to 91 games. Remember that lot where they had to win nine of their final 10 games oh, in 2018? Yeah to force the tie with the Dodgers. And in one of those games against the Phillies, who were supposed to be the world beaters, Herman Marquez struck out the first eight guys, and then he couldn't strike out the pitcher. They had him down 0-2 and gave up a little weak ground. It would have been a, a major league. Uh, he would have set uh, a new major league record. He tied the major league record for most consecutive strikeouts at the age of 24 and the most important game I think we just ever lost pitched. half our viewers, Drew. I hate this. I know, I know, I know. People are like, why are we talking about it? But He's a horse, man. <laughs> a team full of all stars at 24 years old, and he mowed him down like he was cutting the grass. Like, yeah. So Marquez should have been my answer off top. There's just exciting players throughout every sport, which For is sure. really, really cool to see. But let's get back K to the Free's Nuggets coming talk. K Free's yes. coming hopefully, back. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, I've seen they're doing well. They obviously haven't been playing necessarily the prettiest of basketball, but there's still so much hate around the Nuggets, especially uh, nationally. There's people saying they're not it. I mean, it's – so the Nuggets are coming off this season when they got to the second round of the playoffs and even underperformed a little, I think, in the playoffs compared to what a lot of people around the country thought they could do. And the reason why people are down on them nationally is because Nuggets have played seven nationally televised games, I believe, and they're three and four in those games. Two of those losses have been to the Pelicans, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. So that's people's national perspective on the Nuggets right now. In reality, you know, Nuggets are second seed in the West, a game and a half, two games back of the Lakers yeah, right now, and, and have won nine of their last ten. Um, they're off to the best start in franchise history, a better start than they were off to last year. Uh, so they're an elite team. Uh, they're one of mm-hmm. the best teams in the league. But people's national perspective is shaped because they've been awful on national TV this year. Right. And I think it's a minor problem that Denver has to deal with because it is important to get up for nationally televised games, especially on Christmas Day. It was definitely disappointing that Denver did not get yeah. up for that game. But that's why a leading reason why the national perspective is what it is. They're also just not very sexy. 
It's more fun to have the L.A. teams, right? I mean, I think the Nuggets are a sexy team. I mean, <laughs> they're Nicole fun. Jokic. It's easy. Is it's like easy for us to believe that because we all believe that they're elite and that they're very good. But nationally, but but even nationally, Nicole Jokic is looked at as a very watchable, one of the most fun players to watch in the league. Sure, but I mean, LA you think it's name the, recognition. Though? Yeah, I still yeah. think that it's it's always going to be Denver in the NBA. It's always just going to be oh, it's the Nuggets. And I mean, that's and true. until yeah. until they do something meaningful in the postseason. And winning a round in the NBA just doesn't move that needle right. until they win a couple of rounds, until they're there several years in a row. I just don't think they're ever going to get that respect. Nobody is ever just going to be like, yeah, I buy the Nuggets. And that's true, but if they were 6-1 and one or 7-0 and oh on national TV right now, they'd be talked about as a contender in the West. They would be. Yeah. Yeah, and they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. Shame that that one was on Christmas Day with all eyes on them. And against yeah. the Pelicans. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. Is there any rhyme or reason in your mind? Is it just totally random that they've been bad in those games? So they've been bad in those games, and then they played down to their competition a lot this year. Yeah. They've been in a lot of close was, games yeah. against bad teams for no reason at all. And it was one of the fears I think a lot of people around this team had coming into the season. You get to the playoffs for the first time with this group last year. You get a taste of what that's like. You get you get a taste of just like a playoff environment, how hyper-intense that is. And then you come back in October, and it's like the regular <laughs> season you're playing uh, – like the magic on a Tuesday night. <laughs> it's hard to get up for the Pelicans it's on a, on hard. a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. It's hard oh, to get up great. for some of those games. Not Christmas Day. This isn't an excuse for Christmas Day. It's hard to get up for some of these games when you've been in the playoffs and when a lot of guys tasted the playoffs for the first time after two seasons when all the questions when were, when are you going to make the playoffs? When are you guys going to get there? They finally got there, and now I think a lot of the feeling in the locker room is like, we just get back to the playoffs already. Yeah. What are we doing in the regular season? Denver knows they're going to make the playoffs. They're they're they have one of the highest floors out of anybody in the West. So, I think that's a lot of it. I think the it beauty is sense. Jokic is back to playing like beautiful basketball. Yeah, and that's huge. And MPJ to me, for the first time in a while, the last two games, he's looked like that McDonald's hoop summit top high school prospect that he used to look like and it's like simply just running the floor at his height with his kind of bounce then you get those easy putbacks and he's crashing the boards and then you get an open three a couple step backs it's like wow now that's what i was look. saying before he doesn't really know what he's doing out there yet. <laughs> yeah it's crazy and he can just walk into these step back threes the funny thing about mpj is he doesn't really have that quick gene to get by people yeah you no know, he right. goes into you know his dribble moves crossovers between the legs whatever He's not really getting by anybody, yeah. but it's the same thing he was doing in high school <laughs> and throughout AAU, hitting that step back yeah. that he can get every time. His shot, he's so tall at six foot ten that his shot is unblockable, mm -hmm. and uh, and then when he gets into the lane, he's so much taller than yeah. anybody who's guarding him. Most small right. forwards out there that right. he can shoot over guys, through guys, and then attacking the offensive glass. He's incredible yeah. just because. Uh, He's got a nose for the ball, and again, he's so tall. You got a six foot ten. Oh, right. A guard that's six that's, foot ten. Yeah. We haven't seen that in Denver. Yeah. There's not a lot of them in the league, uh, but it's special. Yeah. This is what Skeeda should have been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see wow. him play lots of minutes with Jokic too. That Yo seems to help. You see Jokic get up yeah. when MPJ is out there. Like you can tell that they really enjoy. Like Jokic really enjoys playing with MPJ. Yeah, Jokic recognizes talent, and he recognizes yeah. MPJ's talent. And um, it, we've been wanting 
uh, we being me, Adam, and Brendan, we've been just like beating this drum, but get MPJ more minutes with Jokic. You know, see what those guys can look like off each other. And when they're just running their motion offense, like their read and react stuff, when they're not calling any plays really, they just seem to have a really good chemistry, yeah. MPJ and Jokic. And that is super exciting. That's really exciting. Do you think the offense is back, like the offense is on a rise right now? It is on a big rise. I mean, they were outside the top 20 in offense a couple weeks back, and now they're up to like 15th or so, 14th. So it's definitely on the rise, and I think it's going to continue to be on the rise. I mean, the offense has coincided with Nikola Jokic returning to all-star, all-NBA form. It's the main reason the offense sucked (laughs) at the beginning of the year, because he sucked. And uh, as he's regained his rhythm, so has the offense. So I think it continues to go on the up and up. And, look, Denver's got to be a top-10 offense and top-10 defense like they were last year to be looked at as a threat in the West. I think they'll get there by the end of the year, but that's what they have to be shooting for. Uh, do you think Gary Harris will be back for the next game on Tuesday, or do you have any insight on the severity of his injury? Not really, because popped up on the injury report uh, randomly. Yeah. And then, uh, it was, was a game-time decision. Yeah, and that's why MPJ got the start. But, I mean, no reason to rush him back when you've got this depth and you've got Michael Porter Jr. coming off the game he's coming off of. Yeah. Are so. they almost better with injuries? You know what's f- – no, <laughs> like no, that, no, no, no. Does no, that no, raise no. guys' no. games? Here, here's here's the po- here's uh, where you might be a little right. Last year, yeah. there were all the injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Nuggets offense was just the Murray-Jokic yeah. two-man game. And it was great. This year, I really do think – besides Jokic struggling at the beginning of the year, a big reason why the offense struggled was just because mm-hmm. that this team hasn't played a lot with everybody completely healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in that starting line. Yeah. And there's a lot of mouths to feed on that bench unit. And they just hadn't had to play with all those guys mm-hmm. together. Now, in the long run, yes, the Nuggets will be at their best when everybody is healthy. But I do think there's something to that. The fact that last year their offense was better and they had – a lot of terrible luck with injuries, but they found a way because maybe it was just a little more simple. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think um, the Avs are probably living that reality right now, honestly. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Yeah, they now that they're healthy, it's like, oh, well, they haven't really played with this lineup yeah. very much. A lot of you people got to get there. Maybe a fourth of the season they've they've had this this lineup available to them and just understanding how to play together and how to play in those roles. It was really easy when a lot of guys were hurt and it was like, give the puck to Nate. <laughs> Let McKinnon go win us yeah. games because that's what they've been doing the last two years. It's simplified, and so things. it was really, it was really easy to be like, okay, when we go out there, we aren't going to get scored on, and if we give, if we get a goal, great. But we're going to wait for McKinnon to go do spectacular things and bail <laughs> us out, and we're just not going to screw this up. And now that they're all healthy, they're all trying to figure it out. Okay, well, we should be expecting more of ourselves. We should be better. You know, we're seeing the the Belmar, uh, Calvert, and Achushkin line carrying them at times, which they cannot do. They're, yeah. That is not. <laughs> that's not the line. There's no. There's no team in the NHL built to have their third line <laughs> carry them. <laughs> that's just the, not how this works. That's the three-headed nightmare for us yeah. as fans. Yeah. Right. Like it's like it's like the mini monster, right? <laughs> yeah. And and the the top line, the the, the actual three-headed monsters, hadn't been very good. Yeah. And then the second line has been an almost a total no-show in December. Yeah. You know, Donskoy 
Burakovsky and Kadri, I think I put it in my piece the other day, that they have 12 points in 35 games in the month of December combined. So Not great, Chief. Yeah, right. And, and Don Skoy has one point in his last eight games. And it's like, you need Those more guys. That. Pick it up, guys. This was, this was why there was the Taylor Hall conversation to begin with. Because you didn't trust that this was real from all of them. Yeah. It's it's not like the Avs went out and picked up a bunch of 30-point players and sprinkled fairy dust on them and turned all of them into 70-point players. Like, it's not – and it looked like that for a couple of weeks. And it's just not that reality. And right now they're trying to figure it out. The record doesn't look good. Yeah. But at the same time, it's because they've blown a bunch of third-period leads. Right. But how do you blow a third-period lead? You get one in the first place. Yeah. So they're not uh, they're they're inches away from having a dominant record over the month of December and just being one of the dominant teams in the NHL. And even despite all that, they wake up today and they're one of the top ten teams in the NHL, undisputed top ten team in the NHL. Yeah. Before we keep going on the Avs talk, talk, I gotta tell you guys about Total Bev giving the DMVR fam thirty percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more with the max discount applying up to seventy five dollars using that promo code DNVR two thousand and nineteen online or on the Total Beverage app. Be sure to download that. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive thirty percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more with a max discount applying up to seventy five dollars. It's the perfect place to go get New Year's Eve. Uh, alcohol so be sure to do that back to the abs it has been frustrating but this is what happens when there is such a long season and i feel like we've seen that throughout these last how many years there is a time period where they go through a slump and i feel like fans thought that slump was going to be because it made sense when all of these injuries were happening Mm -hmm. but like andre was saying they found this step up mentality next man up and they were able to not have such a bad slump during that time and now these late third period disasters have just been really rough to watch. Yeah. And I just don't think that they're far off. Like some of it, you know, one night is goaltending, you know, the Minnesota game, you look at Franco's and you're like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. He'd been so good for them. (laughs) Like he'd been so good. And then you go back and you look at some of those goals against and you're like, Really? <laughs> like, are you in the ECHL right now? Like, this is, it was garbage league stuff. And it's hard to win. Yeah. It's hard to win in the NHL when you give goals away like that. And they scored four. Yeah. They lost 6 4. <laughs> you score four goals in an, in an NHL game, you should win 90% of the time. And the goaltending just wasn't there that night. And there were other nights, you know, the Chicago game, they just stopped playing. Yep. They just packed it in, and they just quit playing. Uh, they stopped skating. They, they, it was total complacency. Uh, I, I'm very averse to calling out effort because that's not really something that's for us to judge. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty obvious. When you're just not skating through the neutral zone, you're not getting back defensively, you're not playing hard. Yep. There's no argument to be made that you are. And then this last weekend, you know, they pull one point – out of games against Minnesota and Dallas, which I thought they played well both nights. I thought that they played much better in Dallas than in uh, than against Minnesota, but they they played a much better team. Yeah. And your margin for error is a lot smaller. 
Landy's goal in uh, against the Wild was beautiful. That was, it was awesome, amazing. It was oh. so dope. <laughs> How did you feel about your first shootout? Oh yeah, no, not about <laughs> it. Not a fan. No, like I. Mm. <laughs> it's it's kind of tense, but it's also kind of like yeah. wow, we went from a really exciting three on three to a skills competition. Yeah, like I'm, I don't know because I have this weird relationship with it in soccer too, where I love it and hate it at the same time, and it mm. felt very similar because like i like watching it but i fundamentally and philosophically disagree with what's happening in front of my face <laughs> yeah, I'm the same that's cool way about soccer yeah especially. i love a pk and so like that's yeah. so great and, and exciting but there's also a huge element in both sports i feel like of guessing said the guy who covers a game where people literally have to anticipate what pitch is going to be thrown <laughs> otherwise they have no chance well unless uh, you're the Astros yeah, right. <laughs> and then you oh. know what pitch is coming uh, but yeah the, the, it's the guesswork element of it too I think mm -hmm. where it's sort of like okay guy with puck has five or six options goalie has to guess on three of those six and kind of hedge and Grubauer didn't do any of that in that shootout. <laughs> right, he, right. He made no attempt to to bite on a move. Well, after that overtime, I There was, I mean, like, nothing. Also, like, in NHL 19, I'm, like, one for 25 in scoring and, and penalties. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that might be it's part It's hard to score in those in, in shootouts right, against like, computer goalies yeah, in those games. Yeah. yeah, but you can't – I mean, Grub absolutely destroyed that overtime oh, when I he mean, had that – was amazing in that game. The power kill. I feel, like, I feel like just because I've been like, oh, Grubauer's not very good shootouts people have come down on me and been like oh yeah it's all Grubauer's fault I'm like they got there because Grubauer was spectacular they got there because yeah. of Grub like he was great in that game and he's most definitely their starting goaltender all this talk about Francois stealing the job has got to stop for a while is there any thought well, in now, hockey yeah. I've seen <laughs> soccer teams do this of like at the very tail end of OT pulling Grub and putting Frankie in just for the shootout uh there Ooh. were some teams at the start of the shootout when they first implemented it in the league that yeah. did it. Yeah. And uh, the first team that ever did it, the guy got scored on every round. Yeah. Nice. And as far as I know, nobody who has, and th this may not be true, but I don't know mm -hmm. of any team that has done that and gotten away with it. And I don't think it's happened very many times, but the couple of times I specifically remember two instances in which it did happen. And the goalie did not make any saves. Yeah, and but so it was like to the mighty they're ducks. They're like, cool. They haven't been in the game oh, totally. at all. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Uh, well, Julie the I, cat was different. Julie okay. the cat Gaffney made that save, yeah. having not played a single minute in those yeah. Olympics. Final yeah. shot. Not even she hadn't even done any of the other shootouts, right? She's just, those weren't even the Olympics. Those were the Goodwill Games. Is that what the a, Goodwill Games? When was the last time you think I watched D two the Mighty Ducks? Yesterday. Probably. <laughs> I was going to say more recently <laughs> than most people. It was an off day, so yesterday. Love that movie. Dude, it's D so good. Disney I don't care what anybody great. says. <laughs> Shouts to them. AJ, how did you feel about Kale McCarr's return? He definitely looked a little rusty, but that's expected uh, after He played awful. Games. He was awful against Minnesota. Um, was better against Dallas and, you know, rang one off the post. That, Ugh, the and post. that was that was the difference in those games, in, in the Dallas game. And it's it's funny that like the there's so much like oh the Avs can't handle third period lead and the difference in that in that game was McKinnon and McCarr tattooed the post in the second and third periods and the game tying goal was a shot that Ian Cole had blocked that just deflected perfectly up into the net where Grubauer can't stop it. Speaking of gets you a little heated. What about that uh, penalty that was called on Kale McCarr for delay of game? 
Uh, I mean, I've made my point, honestly. <laughs> I, I I feel like if anybody that's familiar with how I feel about it knows how I feel. Uh, I disagree that it should be a penalty. Uh, I don't think that – and I understand that there are people out there who are, oh, well, did you watch the game before that penalty? Like, yeah, I did. And guys used to flip it into the stands all the time. Don't tell me it's a safety issue. Guys aren't wiring pucks at fans sitting there eating popcorn. They're harmlessly flipping them up out of, this, out of, the, out of play. Like, don't give me that. And, and even if you were going to cry fan safety on that, just put the netting around the arena then. Fine. Like, they're doing it in baseball. If you want to protect the fans, then protect the fans. And worry, don't, don't worry so much about what it looks like on television. Mm-hmm. Protect the people who are there. If that's really your concern, that you have the means to do it. You're just not doing it because reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that flipping a puck up and out of play is worthy of a penalty, especially in an accidental situation like that. Like, there were two delay games in that, in that game. McCarr was instinctively swatting at a puck, accidentally does it. Uh, Zadorov fires one out of the crowd. He doesn't do it on purpose. You can see the look on his face. It's not what he meant to do. But the act itself was far more intentional. If you want to draw the line there between one's a penalty and one's not, that's the line that you draw. Yeah. And the only reason I, I would say maybe don't worry about that is because you're just giving the refs more to screw up. And everybody, everybody, you know, with the the way that we have, the technology that we have, and the looks that we have and the way that we're able to break things down in slow motion so quickly, it feels like refereeing is at its all-time worst in every sport. But it's really just the access that we have that we've never been able to have before. You go back and you watch like an NFL game and like like go back and watch like the Broncos Super Bowl run, the first mm-hmm. or second one, pick one. And you don't spend the entire time worrying about officiating. Yeah. And they don't have all these crazy high def looks at every single inch of the field. You know, but and thing it's it's not like those refs were just that much better. It was just that things were different. We didn't have we did the the standard uh, that we held officials to got a lot higher as technology improved. Our expectations went way up, and they they have as we've seen with baseball, they have exceeded the ability of the human to be able to per- perform that job perfectly. Yep. And we have perfect expectations because we at home can sit there and draw the, these distinctions and draw these lines. And these guys are doing this in, in real time, and it's just not realistic anymore. And now I say that, and then you get the Nazem Kadri embellishment penalty against say. Minnesota, oh where you're so clearly bad. just making stuff up because you didn't see what happened, but you see the player involved, and you don't give him the benefit of the doubt. And everybody can see that the guy gets hogtied and taken down, and yeah. because he puts an arm around him, because he puts his arm up, because a dude puts his arm around his neck and he like instinctively grabs it, yeah. you're going to punish him for that. And it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And in and in live viewing, the guy who calls it can't see that, does not see that. And, and neither one of the guys on the ice have a good angle to see anything that you could talk yourself into where Kadri does something intentionally. It's a hedging it, your bets call. You can't exactly. call nothing you're, and you can't. And you're you, afraid to make the right. call. That's you're af- right. He was, it, was a, it was an official who was afraid to call Minnesota for a penalty and potentially watch the Avs tie the game up on a, what would, I guess would have been a controversial play right. and instead turn it into a more controversial play by hedging his bets and being a coward about yep. it. And that is typical of NHL officials who just cost Columbus a point the other day in which John Tortorella went off in his presser and burned down everybody in the process because 
It, the NHL has no transparency. There's no accountability. They they go about the process in the most cowardly way possible. And I think that as as much as we ride officials and we and we get on them about oh they missed this and they that and they cost our teams this or that or whatever, it's an extremely hard job to do. But the leagues make it worse. They compound yep. the issues with a lack of transparency, a lack of common sense. And they make it worse across all leagues. I don't think there's a single league where anybody feels good about the state of their officiating. I agree. And I think. Here, here. Uh, Did you see the LeBron? I was going to just turn to that. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but the slow-mo thing, it just, it really, when you can see something in every millisecond, it just kind of ruins the game. LeBron James uh, got called. It got called Clippers ball yeah. um, because his finger, like the ball got hit by the Clippers player, but his finger was still left on uh, it. And so they said because of the slow-mo, you can see that LeBron's finger was the last one to touch it. But in any in any other time without that type of technology, yeah. it would have right. been out on. Well, it's, it's like right. guys getting called for popping up off of bases in, in baseball. <laughs> right, right. Where that wasn't why they put replay in. It wasn't to catch guys who were gonna who were popping up off the bag for a millisecond while the guy's holding a tag on him. Right. It's not why they put that in there. They put that in there to, to solve problems. And, and, and the they created thing, extra ones. The yeah. worst thing about it in the NBA is it gets called away for all four quarters outside of the last two minutes, and yep. then when they're reviewing that stuff in the final two minutes or in a challenge, it's the only time that call is going to be that way. Mm -hmm. and, and that specific call has happened a couple of times. To the Nuggets. Yeah. But, but, but at this point, it's like, what are you supposed to do if you're the official? You, yeah. you, got, you have the technology. You've got to use it. You've got to make that call that way if you're reviewing it. It's, I don't know if it's the best thing out there, the best outcome. But I mean, it, it's well, it's where almost we're like at. touchdowns in the NFL, where it's like, oh my god, it's well, like, it, <laughs> like it a receipt, a reception yeah. in the NFL, so like stupid, and it, it's like a yeah. catch is a catch. Just they've really made them. that way more complicated. Pass than interference it needs to be. in the NFL. Well, in the NFL, oh, that's, that's a that's perfect that's example of overreacting to your fan base and losing losing sight of common sense along the way. Like people were upset, and they were like, oh. Just make it so that it works like this. Make it so that it works like that. And it's so easy when you're on Twitter and you're coming up with all these solutions. And then they implement them. And it's like, well, how do you really make this work? I think you wrote in your piece after the Avs game with that um, delay of game call that it should be similar to an icing because it's that's pretty much that. And I agree right. 100%. I feel like you, that's a you, simple change to make. You punish a team without changing the game because – a power no, play is a lot. No act of flipping a puck up out of the stance has ever been game-changing. Whereas if you slash a guy or you hook a guy That's or you trick. commit any of those yeah. other infractions, it could be a game-changing play that you've made. Flipping a puck up and out has never been that. And it's the same it's the same basic concept as an icing. You're desperate, you're just trying to make a you're just trying to get the puck out of your own zone. Punish them by punishing it the same way as icing. No TV timeout, no timeout allowed, uh, no no line change allowed. They have to stay on the ice. You have to win a faceoff. You still have to get the puck out legally. You still have to do your job. And to 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 switch it and and have it be punished because they didn't have that punishment in place when they made the rule. And the like, I don't disagree that it was a problem back in the '90s and and the '70 years before then. Uh, where guys could just flip pucks up out of play willy-nilly. No, no big deal. Just do it. And But the, the game has changed, and they've also 
implemented a rule for icing that was a proper that fits the punishment. And I just don't think it's as severe a penalty, especially because it happens all the time accidentally. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, look, if you want to give the official another thing to try and draw the line on, fine. They also need to empower linesmen to to yeah. have more say than they do. Yeah. Because there are four guys out there in a compact space seeing things. Now they're all looking for something different, but like linesmen a lot of times like the puck is clearly in the zone. You're not staring at the blue line. You know that there's not a hand pass or a high stick. Like these are obvious things that are easy for them to do. I'm not saying that they need to be like become full officials, but like empower them to have an opinion yeah. about what they saw and and let them have more of a say in getting some of this stuff right because there are some obvious things that get that that they get wrong and it just seems like half of the guys out there are just chilling like they just they're not allowed to say anything about it yeah and it's like you're paying them <laughs> to do this job and they're doing half of it like just it just seems like the leagues and the NHL certainly you know my biggest frustration because I have to put up with them but it seems like the leagues are just so in their own way when it comes to common sense application of their own rules. The more changes that have happened, the more uproar there's been. Yeah, well, and, and the harder that it is for the officials because right. they've been they officiate one way for so long, and now all of a sudden something different, you know. And and you don't want to you don't want to see plays you don't want to see games change because a guy accidentally flips a puck up and out of the. It's just not it I, I always say that it's it's a two buck crime. Yeah. And you know, it's just not a big deal. Like it's such a minor thing. And if the change of it if they were to change the rule and all of a sudden it's a crazy epidemic. Guys are flipping the puck up and out of the play and they're icing on it every single time down the ice, change it back. Or you do what the NBA does for delay a game where you have a a warning and then the next one you give up like a, a free throw. You could have like you get three delay games a, a game or something, or you get three. I just up into the rafters. I just game. don't know. Yeah, I I don't know where you know. Fine. Give them a couple. Like, give them a freebie yeah. or two, and then yeah. be like, okay, well now you're out of them. Now it's a penalty. At that point, like I could that live would make with more that. sense because then you have it eliminates the guy accidentally doing it, and if a guy wants to take a penalty late, like. Last year, when uh, the absurdity of this rule really showed uh, true, last year when Patrick Nemeth tried to clear a puck and he it would have been icing, but it hit the netting six inches above the boards. Right, and he had shot it 194 feet. Mm-hmm. He was in his own zone. He was trying to ice it. It went a little bit high, and it ended up a delay game. And it was like he was literally trying to ice the puck. Yeah, and he succeeded in that, but it was. It was just a few just inches a too high. high, and he ends up in the he ends up in the box for that. And it's like, were those six inches so egregious that the punishments have to be that different? Right. Mm, yeah. Right. That's a good point. Is that is that yeah. is it so egregious to have a puck out of play versus just a simple icing that the the punishments have to be so different? Because you're talking about you literally don't you lose a player on the ice. Yeah. For this penalty, and there are lots of penalties where. That's an appropriate punishment. But this one, it just doesn't It doesn't seem to fit the crime for me. It's going to be a fun off-season um, off when most of us are on the off-season pod to talk about. Because I feel like the refs 
that is such a good point. Like, do they do their job with the slow-mo or what? There's just so many different circumstances Mm -hmm. and so many different rules. And you can even take it back to football in the uh, college football uh, semifinal game with the targeting where he got hit in the head and people are like, well, there should be different levels of targeting. Like, these rules with the way the games are played now are so different than the way the games were all played 20, 30, 40 years ago. 10 years ago. Ten yep. years ago, even. Yeah. All right, well, do you guys know taking care of your teeth is pretty important? Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. All you got to do is simply take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call them 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Before we move on to... Uh, who won the week? I do want Drew to give us a quick synopsis of what's going on with the Rockies. I would say in like two to three minutes, uh, just for fans who don't know and who are seeing all of these Nolan Arenado trade talks, uh, all that type of stuff going on on social media and may not know what the heck is going on. And And for all you listeners, this is a very... <laughs> irritating topic for Drew to talk about, but I don't want you to go we'll with the too three minute into itty gritty. Yeah, just go with the th- the topic that most fans can kind of understand. So That's I'm going to time you. What is happening with <laughs> Nolan Arenado? Go. So on day one of the winter meeting, <laughs> somebody called Jeff Breidich and was like, "Hey, you guys were bad last year. You thinking about trading Nolan Arenado?" And he was like, "No, not really." And they were like, "Well, what if we give you a bunch of interesting stuff?" And he was like. Eh, maybe. What are you talking about? And they said some stuff. He said, no, not really. And then he hung up the phone. Now, whoever's <laughs> agents heard about that went to a reporter who then wrote a story that said the Colorado Rockies have entertained the idea of trading Nolan Arenado, which is technically true, but completely beside the point. And then a bunch of other people picked up on that exact same report, reporting over and over and over again, every single one of them having is the second sentence in their story. The Rockies are not entertaining the idea of trading Nolan Arenado at this point, but they aren't immediately hanging up on people. More people continue to call. All of a sudden, everyone's interested in this idea, and every beat writer for their own team starts to write their own fantasy trade for how their team could get Nolan Arenado, keeping the rumor alive for another two or three weeks. Well, the Rockies still have not taken any additional phone calls or any aggression on their side toward moving Nolan Arenado, or for that matter, anybody else onto or off of the roster in any way whatsoever. And so... Because nothing else is going on, all people want to talk about is whether or not Nolan Arenado is either going to be traded or take the opt-out. He's not going to do either of those things, and at least not anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, the conversation keeps getting kicked back up because in general, people think the Rockies are terrible and they don't like that they have a good player. So this happens in he every sport. It in a minute 30. So this happens in every sport where the national media, after a report like this comes out, tries to trade a superstar from a small to mid-market team right. to a big market. Right. The national media right now is trying to trade Nolan Arenado to to the Dodgers, just like they're trying to get Giannis to the Bucks, just like they right. will be trying to get Carl Anthony Towns to the Warriors over the next couple months. This is what happens. This is right. kind of the state that a lot of the national media is, and media is in, and it sucks, but that's what's happening with Arenado right now. Yep, yep. And unfortunately, one of the things that I think really – 
again, there's adults in the room, so stop me here if I if you need to. But unfortunately, <laughs> this time it was followed through on by a lot of our local people. A lot of the local beat writers picked it up, have written multiple articles on what it would take to get Arenado, who would be good fits. Uh, could it be the Dodgers? That really riles people up because he's from California and the Dodgers are obviously the big bad bullies. I love the, the hometown thing when free agents continually turn their back on their hometowns. Yeah. When they have an opportunity to sign there. and But it's with Arenado, it's like, oh, he's from there. It's just another example of like way overblowing the he's from there angle. It's funny too because someone else had had the list, but it, I was laughing at it. of all the free agents recently. That's been a, a thing with all of them. Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. was going to go back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, CC Zabathia uh, and Garrett Cole were going to go back to California. Right. All of the, none. Literally none of them have gone back to their hometowns. They've all gone to wherever they got paid. The Durant was going there. to DC. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, <Harris. laughs> oh, we're turning that face into a gif. The I big whiz. Do so not always want to play for their hometowns. Right. Like, yeah. They just don't. It's too much to deal with. Right. Too many distractions. It's true. It's not a real thing. You know what allows you to go back to your hometown? Making hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> you can visit whenever you like. Yeah. Them, them <laughs> having the highest bid in the free agent market makes yeah. it very easy to go back home. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The, the I think w- it just has been so much for people who follow the Rockies but not intensely being like, wait, so is Nolan me? What is going on? Because of the intensity of like local media and national media talking about this. Exactly. And, you know... It, and after the season the Rockies just had. But I, I did go back and watch the press conference when he signed that contract. And I know guys get emotional with these things sometimes. But when his teammates arrived and, and uh, he started crying and he talked about being comfortable there and how much he loved his teammates, I was like, that was in February. Yeah. It was like eight months ago. <laughs> like A lot and, has changed. And a lot has changed, but the narrative that this guy has completely divorced himself of all of those emotions and is now trying to beat his way out of town is just not true. That's not what's going on here. He hates everything. He hates it also, all. Also, you would think that once fans <laughs> found out that Breitich was the one who put that clause in there, not even Nolan... It just shows that Nolan wants. Unfortunately, no one's interpretation of it. People are so focused on hating Jeff Breidich, they forgot that that part of it also exists. So much of that stuff with the outlaws is crazy to me. Like, there's a like a 30 year old is going to turn down what is like 35 million a year right. or something. Like, he also has a no trade clause. Yeah, he's not going to the Braves. No, he's not going to the Texas Rangers. People calm down. There are down. four teams Nolan Arenado would consider playing for, other than the Colorado Rockies, and three of them aren't really factors right now. The Padres, the Giants, aren't things, uh, and the Los Angeles Angels just picked up Anthony Rendon, so they're off. And then there's the New York Yankees. The Yankees and Dodgers could be an issue in two years if everything sure. lines up. That could get real, but it's two years away. They have yeah. over 300 baseball games to play before. <laughs> it's crazy. The other thing is, haven't the Rockies shown a long enough track record of if they want to keep a guy, they'll keep him? Yeah, like, all of them. Todd Helton will retire here. Yeah. Troy Tulalitsky will stay as long as they want him to stay. Mm-hmm. Cargo, same thing. Yep. So why is Nolan all of a sudden Walk. being thrown into the... Because Holiday know. left once, and the Rockies are viewed as a farm team for the big markets. Yeah, no, hey, fair enough. That's yeah. right. Holiday is the outlier, right? Right. Yeah. And he came back years later because <laughs> he actually kind of likes it here. That was just, you know, they also thank God that's the one trade, trade they, they nailed. did nail. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Out.
thank you for that quick quick yeah. little description of what was going that was good. on. Yeah. Good. Uh, I'm going to have someone transcribe it so when my friends text me questions <laughs> about this, I'll just uh, yeah, yeah. copy and paste. Yeah. Drew. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That is a great explainer. If I've Look done it already, Kel, bring up the graphics. Here's a minute and a half of what happened. All right. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? Are you all happy I let it go uh, until say, the very last We'll make second. sure Ryan knows you let it go all the way through. <laughs> and Adam. Adam was like so <laughs> stressed that I didn't let it go. Not for a fan final. of that, huh? Huh? So they're not a fan of that, huh? Nope. Of cutting it off. There's a, there's an audio... There's a thing like you the, need to like there. I, I have a mild version of it, too. We're certainly not like sound clutter is particularly, you, you know, this issue. There's whole yeah people who are really sensitive to like if somebody's talking or like if there's two different songs playing at one time, like my body will shut down. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's rough. So or like people skipping through the radio, a bunch of different songs like yeah. that really bothers me. So when so I get it, okay. like when a song well, doesn't conclude, I feel like this is something I would like to abuse in the future. <laughs> <laughs> my I know, right? I shouldn't have told you about this. Uh, about yeah. The last person you need to be telling me these things. The person who won the la- week last week is not here. And I know that they really wanted to be here to tell the Nuggets guys, Harrison, mainly Adam, quote, Take that L on the way out from Ryan Konigsberg, who beat the Nuggets. Oh, we had a really close, close uh, who won the week last week to Schwan Schwartz for hitting a buzzer beater oh to beat boy. number 13, Dayton, in overtime. Beat Nuggets for winning six straight and Didn't beating the, the Lakers. Did the a game last week? They did. <laughs> they most they weeks? <laughs> Aren't they not? Did they not? No. Northern Iowa? Was that not last week? Not last week. Oh. No, that was after Kansas rolled them. Yeah, that was right after. Then they lost two, weeks, two or three yeah. weeks ago, yeah. Okay, well, the Nuggets did they not beat lose number a game 13. last week. <laughs> <laughs> I it did was, my best. It was 45 to 42. They didn't even need a game winner because they won every game that easily. 45 to 42. Really, probably the closest battle we've had. Uh, 10% of the fans vote Sam Gerard for owning the NHL featherweight championship belt. The strangest rivalry <laughs> in all of sports <laughs> is Sam Gerard and Alex DeBrincat. It's and my favorite thing. Neither, neither player will say anything about why it exists. <laughs> and then we had uh, David Dahl for bene- benefiting from lefties leaving the NL. That got 3%. Wow. Way to go, Patrick Lyons. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, wait. What was David it was Dahl so for benefiting out. from lefties leaving the National League. That was a deep cut. Yeah. yeah, very deep. And cut, since we yeah. didn't have any Nuggets representation last week, maybe that's why they lost the week. Drew had to step up. Maybe you guys would have had a oh sure put that evil argument. on me. No, <laughs> no, no, you, you were there to it, step Drew. up for for best. them. I appreciate you making the argument. I did. Then we've got. It was pretty easy. They didn't lose a game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then we got uh, some responses. The only answer is Deshawn Nuggets got Deshawn. Sean, Nuggets got a bunch of games left. Um, the Nuggets, I don't think, have ever won the week, not for lack of trying. I don't though. think they have. They have. They've won twice. Oh, okay. Um, a or C, a lot of people were having trouble debating between the two. Then That's someone wrote. Nuggets and buffs. A yes. Or C. Someone wrote Drew Locke. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> 
Uh, Rich Hill. Man, see, Drew Locke can, he Drew can never Locke tweet can. just because he exists at this point. <laughs> <laughs> she just she should always be option E or whatever. I petition we alternate who won the week between MPJ and Drew Locke every week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Kale McCarr. Yeah, fine. Fine by me. I'm happy with Broncos that. fans, as they got to see Drew Locke recover from KC's performance, and we continue to see our franchise QB developed. Um, See, then we got mm-hmm. a bunch of other uh, Broncos ones, but it'll just be Drew Locke forever now because it's like, oh, he has basic levels of competency, and that's such a huge wow. step forward. He showed a little emotion on the sideline compared to a guy in Joe Flacco who's <laughs> right. like never showed any emotion in his career. Then someone said Literally Rich Hill for getting rope. arrested yeah. before a game. Okay. Nice. All right. Drew, is Flacco so emotionless that you'd like for him to umpire in the MLB? He maybe could be <laughs> a decent umpire. He First could be a robo. robo- ump? That's yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. First robo. Though I worry about the eyesight considering yeah. some of the. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Well, it like I said, it was the closest two on the week. So thank you for everyone who voted. Nuggets just couldn't pull through, and Ryan really just wanted me to keep saying, take that L. <laughs> I mean, the Nuggets didn't even need a game winner. <laughs> <laughs> All on. right. With that, we will let Harrison go first. Right. Why did the Nuggets win the week? MPJ, three letters. Yeah. Uh, three letters that could deliver a championship to Denver someday. Oh. Like MG- Done. Seven oh. seconds. MPJ <laughs> had his breakout <laughs> game uh, last night. The game we've been waiting for him to have throughout really the last season and then his, like his rookie year when he didn't play and then through the first 30 games of this year, he finally had it. MPJ is the reason why the Nuggets could win a championship this year and going forward. If he hits Time. 80 to 90% of his potential with this core, Denver's going to be a contender for time. the next five time. years. Time, 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 time. You need a gavel. <laughs> oh, like like in no no like no. in the Senate. I mean, just we have a gavel. We have a gavel. We have a gavel in Adam here. Adam used it during DNBA show, and you can hear me in the background being like, "Oh my, <laughs> you better stop!" Because the audio, it's just not fun uh, for a our squeaking listeners. gavel. Didn't do it the was trick. So loud, <laughs> it like just kept. It, it was funny. They and he kept doing it because I kept being like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Um, all right. None of that dissuaded me from the gavel. Idea. Okay. Well, <laughs> Andre, why did the Broncos win the week? The Go. Broncos won the week because their future is the brightest it's been since the offseason. They signed Peyton Effing Manning. Okay. Because of Drew Locke. Mic, mic drop. Another mic drop. Future. Because of their because future. of Drew Locke and the their picks they core. have and the young core they're putting together, <laughs> the much the improved defense, all the cap they have, you know, four and one which they used really well in the past. All but right, AJ, why did the young core when when they put the <laughs> Super Bowl Sutton, fifty Philip together? Lindsay. You know, Dalton Reisner, yeah. Locke, Bradley I, Chubb, is Reisner really Alexander part of your young Johnson? Core, like a left Why wouldn't he like be solid? You just said he's good. Yeah, he is, but he's not like he's not like a Steve Hutchinson or a Brandon Scherf. Like he's not like an all well, pro as a rookie. No, no, but he's already one of the better but guards. It just in the makes NFL, me laugh right? when somebody puts like the left guard and like he's well, part I'm of our core. Saying, I'm just it's saying. like the guy isn't terrible. He's part of our <laughs> hey, core. I take middle relievers as part of the Rockies' core, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carlos Estevez is really important to this team. <laughs> well, I would I argue that he's a middle reliever uh, anymore. Uh, Rise, they're much more important than Carlos. Estevez. I'll give you. I'll, I'll throw I, that out here. 
I don't know that that's true. I mean, I think maybe we should do a side pod that is ranked just the, on the left guards and middle <laughs> relievers and backup goalies and uh, eighth man off the bench in town. I, I think that's missing from our top 50 list. Okay. Moving on. AJ, why did the Avs win the week? Can I say that they just didn't? Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel the need to, like, drum up a bunch of optimism for a team that's, like, fifth in the NHL right now. But they're just not winning games. You're blowing third period leads at home on the road. Doesn't really matter. Uh, they're not. They're just not winning games right now. They're not closing. I don't. I don't think that they do win the week. All right. I'm. I don't know that. I, I know that kind of goes against the point of this, but I don't feel like lying to our <laughs> to our <laughs> listeners. No, and, and I, like, I honestly think uh, Avs fans would agree that this week yeah, is just I, not. It's bro, not no, good. like Sample Ranta won the no, week. Or like, or did none of the none of the WJC kids have been amazing yet? Like, if I have to, if I if you want me to stretch like that, then Eustace Annan is dope. There, yeah. Boom. Because Pencil and then Landis Cog had a nice goal, and then he was completely apathetic on defense for two straight games, and that burned them. Kale McCarr is healthy, and he played bad. Philip Grubauer had one nice game. Confusion of there being a QB. He wins by de facto. He wins because Frankie had a bad game. Yeah, you could you could. Like micro things that you could say, sure, these guys win the week, but when you're losing games, you're not winning the week. The Broncos won the week one time in the offseason just because the Rockies were terrible. Well, the, Bron- <laughs> the Broncos have that power. Where the Broncos are allowed to win weeks because they exist. That is true. That is you know, true. When the Avs are when the Avs are in season, when they're when they're out of season and they've got the super bright future and they've got the cup parade and they've got all those other things that have happened. They'll win we can, that. We'll, we they'll can win spend that the week. whole summer winning. <laughs> but right now, when you're losing games and, and you're doing it to division rivals, I mean, they're I think they're six nine and one now against the Central Division. Like, Eesh. they're the reason they're not running away with the division is because they can't beat the division. Yeah. So I don't I don't know that I would try and drum up a cogent argument for why they do. That's fair. Okay. That's so fair. how about if you I'll, I'll write it and if you can't beat the division then you can't win the week. Yeah. There that's we fair. Go. All right. Drew, do you have a vote? I or, do. Okay. Is it a Rockies one? Yeah, but I'm cheating a little bit cuz technically it happened last week. Okay. But Actually, I'm taking Scott Oberg to win the week. He got a three-year contract from the Rockies worth about $13 million. Not the biggest money in the world. The guy was a 15th-round draft pick who had to spend like five years in the minors and then three years in the majors still trying to figure it out. He basically wasn't good until he was 27, and then it wasn't until he was 28 that he stuck at the big league level ended up getting the final four outs of a wild card game to see the trajectory this guy has gone on from barely even thought of to being capable of playing in rookie ball Time. to one of 30 closers in major league baseball Time. nice career rock scotty Time. oberg can can Time. i just add that the rockies also kind of win that because they do say yeah. they because do. instead of paying brian shaw and jake mcgee nine million dollars a year they got a homegrown quality young closer with a power arm for like a very reasonable price right. where if oberg doesn't work out it's not nearly the albatross that it, those other cats are. Right. It won't turn into those other things. Um, we got a write in from Rudo saying Ian Cole easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I would say since since there isn't uh, four options that I would choose that Philip Lindsay won the week. Being oh. the first undrafted <laughs> yeah, running back <laughs> to reach back to back seasons a thousand oh, yards. Oh yeah, that could have been a good That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome good. for I mean, that's thousand, awesome. A thousand rushing yards isn't what it used to be in the NFL, right? Like, and you have sixteen games to do it. You only need to average what, like sixty-five, seventy yards a game to, to yeah. Get but there. also, running back yeah. is what it used to be in the NFL, right? There are no bell cows yeah. the way that there used to be outside of like the elite of the elite, and so I think it's still a worthy accomplishment, uh, especially for a guy that's like that tiny, right? And he has a and, lot to prove. So right. I think well, it was just guy, really cool to show Denver like. This guy deserves to get paid, and this guy deserves to be on this team. Well, like one of us, right? Yeah. Like the everyman of Colorado. Exactly. As much as Dalton Reisner's like a Colorado guy, he's also like a monster. <laughs> and like you expect him to be a behemoth and like maul people. Right. Phil Lindsay, like you see Phil Lindsay walking down the street, and you're just like, that's a dude. And then he goes out on an NFL field and is like, that's a dude. <laughs> that, yeah. There's a dude. Using his words, that's a dog. Sure. As he would say. That's cool, too. Rocking that DNVR merch, too. Oh, yep. He was wearing <laughs> end <laughs> of which, season which presser. Networks we're not okay with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well. We'll get used to it. Go vote. Happy New Year, everyone. Go for the go vote for the Nuggets people. Vote for MPJ. Yeah. Seriously, though. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we <laughs> set this up as hard as we could for it to be yeah. MPJ. He literally had his breakout win. game the day before we recorded this pod. It's now or never. I think he wanted to win the week. I think he did. Mm-hmm. We should get him a plaque. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. write a side note that's going to say Drew and AJ are saying vote for MPJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go vote for MPJ. <laughs> oh, that thing, thanks, that thanks, thing pops guys. up, I'm going to use both the accounts to oh, do it. Okay. I don't wow. know if that one's allowed. I'm goosing that trick. <laughs> <laughs> We'll right. make a bunch of burners, too. It's going to be great. Well. <laughs> Love it. Be sure to go leave us a questions on the actual post. Be sure to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us awesome reviews. So we got a comment. Thank you, DMVR folks, for a great 2019. Love you guys from Spencer Post. You're we welcome. love you guys. Thanks yes. for listening. And we'll see you in the new year.